You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hello, listeners. This is Gary Chahot from the French History Podcast. Katie and Nathan wanted me to warn you that they use strong language in the show, so if that's not your thing, this might not be the show for you. If you do want to listen to a show without swearing but is just as steamy, check out the French History Podcast and learn about the country of art, love, and culture from 3 million years ago to present. Now, if you'll pardon their French, it's on with the show. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Y'all ready for this? Happy New Year, Nathan! Happy New Year, Katie! Happy 2020! 2020 vision. Actually, I have. I do not have 2020 vision. Oh, that reminds me. I need to put my glasses on. I'm blind I, as fuck. I have just started wearing glasses, and I always forget to put them on. So, so thank you're you not for reminding you're me. You're not blind as fuck. No, I. But I'm getting old, and so let me like put literally, if I take my off my glasses, I, it's all a blur. Um, so, and I hated that whenever you were a kid, people would be like, how many fingers am I holding up? I'm like, bitch, it's not like I go pitch black yeah. whenever I take my glasses well, off. If I did that to you when we were kids, I apologize. Yeah, no, you did. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Anyway, so this is now the second decade we have been podcasting. Oh, whoa. March will be our third, third anniversary. Yes, we've been doing this a lot. Like, it feels... We should look up, you know how, like, each anniversary has, like, a different element? Like, <laughs> like I think we're you're, married? Yeah, like, your first anniversary, I think, is paper or some shit. Because they know that you don't have any money because you just spent all the money on just, a wedding. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we are here to continue... Our Isabeau of Bavaria series. Um, if you didn't listen to part one, stop, collaborate, and go listen to part one. <laughs> and this will be the middle child of the series. There will be three parts to this one. Yeah, there was just a little too much to try to cram into a second episode. Y'all, the Hundred Year War, unsurprisingly long and drawn out and complicated <laughs> and and smack dab in the middle of that we got a civil war so it's just too much to cram into two episodes and on top of that i am doing dry january so far not a drop for january my liver has said oh thank you um nathan's n- tried dry january but he did have a little bit a couple days ago and i, I did have a whiskey drink last night you know what somebody once told me it's dry january not drought january 
Okay. Yeah, as long as you're doing it in moderation. Yeah. Like, I, I literally had one whiskey drink with the yeah. family and was just like, okay. Well, since it's dry January, Nathan has made us a mocktail. Would okay. you like to tell us about this delightful riff? Refreshing drink. So this mocktail was intended to be something a little bit different, and it turned into something that is still quite delicious. Um, I was originally going to do, um, what I did is I did a cup of lemon juice, Mm -hmm. six cups of water, a quarter of a cup of agave nectar, Mm -hmm. boil the water and agave nectar together, and then I was supposed to put lavender dried lavender in it bitch no grocery store just sells dry lavender but instead of using dried lavender i just ended up getting a chamomile and lavender tea yeah and so basically what this turned into is an arnold palmer but calm and sweet and relaxing arnold calmer palmer calmer calmer yeah Yeah. (laughs) wordplay well it's delicious it's delightful let's cheers to our second decade We appreciate all of you guys. Thanks for joining us in 2020. Yeah. So quick, quick disclaimer here. Um, The cedar allergies are like insane here in Austin right now. So if you hear me like hacking up a lung midway through this, (laughs) just know that that's what that is. He's fine. He's just weak and has allergies. (laughs) I've got fragile dick energy. You have fragile dick immune system. (laughs) I don't know how allergies work. I'm lucky I've never had to. Anyway. So where did we leave off with Isabeau? She was Queen of France for about seven or eight years and had enjoyed a pretty good run there for a while in terms of being popular. Yeah, they they were kind of viewed as like the golden couple Mm -hmm. up until this point um, when her husband Charles starts having his like mental breaks. Yeah, he like goes catatonic for just... X amount of time. Yeah. Um, and then her and her husband throw this huge over-the-top party and accidentally, you know, burn four men to death. Who here <laughs> hasn't accidentally burnt four men to death at a house party? Whoopsie! Happens to the best of us. <laughs> that reputation of theirs and all that popularity it took a little bit of a hit. And right after that, the stress from, like, the public scrutiny of that her husband goes into another mental break. Um, but the only thing is... That last bout of, like, being catatonic lasted four days. This one lasts six months. Ooh, that's it's, crazy. it's different than the other one. It's a mix of, like, being catatonic and being just, like, a wild madman. That makes me wonder if he was, like, bipolar. They think, I think most historians believe schizophrenia, but... I mean, you can't diagnose somebody that's been dead for 500 years. No, you can't. can't. So it's anybody's guess. Um, So anyway, one day the doctor is like, he loves his wife so much, bring his wife in the room. Maybe that'll just make something click for him. Maybe that'll make him feel better. So yes. Isabeau comes in and, and it's not it's not so good. Mm-hmm. He literally looks up at her and is like, uh, who is this woman? Give her what she wants and get her the fuck out of here. And that broke her heart. Like, I can imagine. He had worshipped the ground that she walked on their entire marriage, the like seven or eight years up until this point. And now he has no fucking idea who she is. Well, at the same point, he doesn't know who the fuck he is. He thinks he's St. George. <laughs> so his his thought processes aren't quite clear. He's trying to have like his uh, coat of arms changed to have a lion on it. Because I think maybe St. George did a thing with a lion or something. Oh, making my brain hurt. 
<sighs> oh, and she's pregnant again. <laughs> he is off his rocker, not knowing who she is, and she's got his baby in her belly. How crazy would that be? Um, she so- has a daughter named Marie, while Charles is completely out of commission. So if you're trying to keep up, she's got daughters Isabella, Joan, and Marie, and one son named Charles. And she had given birth to, like, two other children, but they had already passed away at at this time. Like in infancy, yeah. childbirth, yeah. yeah. Uh, When Charlie was lucid, he was a pretty good ruler. But when he wasn't lucid, that second time in 1393, his brother Louis, Duke of Orleans, was acting as regent. And him and his uncle, Philip of Burgundy... They tended to butt heads quite a bit. Louis and Isabel were... Isabel were... They were friends. Yeah. So she tended to side with Louis. But I do want to say that um, Uncle Philip got Isabel the queen gig. <laughs> so whenever he was right, <coughs> she would admit it. And she did She did feel some sense of loyalty to him. Yeah, yeah. As, as she kind of should. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Duke of Orleans and Itzy's relationship. Because there were like these wild rumors that they were having an affair. And Louis was kind of a womanizer, to be real with you. And remember, her reputation at this point had taken a major hit. To be totally honest, there were points in my research where I was like, you know what? I kind of get why people were speculating that they were having an <laughs> no, affair. No, I agree. They were really close. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think she was dumb enough to be fucking her brother-in-law because queens sleeping around on their husbands tend to not do so well. But at the same point, he goes catatonic for so long, so maybe after a, a, a while of this continuing yeah. to happen, she just got fed up with it? I so know. I am going to give her the benefit of doubt that she wasn't sleeping with her brother-in-law. They were just really close. At, they were the same age. They had a lot in common. And she also thought, like, well, he's gonna like have my family, my, my immediately best my immediate family's best interest at heart more than an uncle will. Yeah. Who's already kind of shown that he's a greedy bastard. Yeah. And so King Charles snaps too and comes back. And he's like, okay, Lizzie, I hope that's the last time that this fucking crazy thing happens. But in case not... I need to give you a little bit more power this time. So he gave her regency powers, which basically means she has a seat at the table if and when he goes nuts again. Spoiler alert, he does. This is like fucking huge, guys. This is like much more power than is usually granted to queens at this time. Basically, it means she's in control of the Dauphin. Which is the French word for heir apparent. And dolphin. And dolphin. So he also gives her time. So does she have control of dolphins too? Uh, yes. Flipper. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> so he also gives her total power over the education and upbringing over all of the children. And he keeps giving her more and more powers the more regular his bouts of insanity get, which I think really goes to show you how trusted she was. Oh, yeah. Like, he wouldn't have been doing that um, while he was lucid if she was really as, like, conniving and bitchy and, like, um, frivolous as people like to say that she was, you know? And it was said that she was very good at politics. Homegirl knew how to schmooze. Mm -hmm. She She knew how to talk diplomacy. Get it, girl. And I believe she had a really good grasp on diplomacy and how to govern, like... More so than her contemporaries gave her credit for. Um, a little a little further down the line, she's put in charge of acting as a go-between 
between um, her brother-in-law and the uncles. Oh, God. They, like we said, they... It gets ugly. We're not there yet. But (laughs) it just shows that, like, he... The things that meant a lot to him, he wasn't just going to give that power over to any old body. He wanted somebody that he trusted fully, and that person was Isabeau, you know? Yeah. So there is this one little bit of a dark stain on her rule. So I thought about not even including (coughs) this. I thought about not even including this because, like, it doesn't move the story forward whatsoever and it doesn't come up again. But, like, I can't just ignore shitty things she did just because I want to like her. Yeah, and, 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 I mean, we need to... Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Every, everybody's made a mistake. They're not all perfect. Um, in 1394, Charles decides to um, have an expulsion of the Jews. Um, About 100 years prior, the Jews had been kicked out of France, but then let back in, so long as they promised to be, like, super cool and the least amount of Jewiness as be possible. Be super unJewy and you can stay. And then... Which, what... what I've never understood why they like all the, hate the Jews so they much. They weren't allowed... Oh, uh, kill Jesus. Um, and which they I wear just, their stupid yarmulkes and burn candles. It doesn't make any sense to no, me. No, it's so anyway. dumb. Whatever. But we also don't live in a medieval mind frame. Touche. Um, So it's easy for us in this time where we've been raised to like, hey, don't be racist. Whereas back then they weren't, you know. (laughs) At least we were raised, don't be racist. It was really random too because like there wasn't like, when you think about like Isabel of Castile, the Pope was pushing her kick out the Jews and Muslims. It was sort of, I think even the contemporaries were sort of like, oh, we're, we're kicking out the Jews? Oh, okay. That was kind of out of nowhere, but okay. Charles gave them all like two months to get out of France. Wow. A lot of texts cite that this was at Isabeau's insistence. So I don't know if that's just part of the modern day or like the contemporary smear campaign about her being heartless. That is very possible. But I can't talk about how good she was at diplomacy. And then once a diplomatic thing comes up that I don't like, be like, she couldn't have had anything to do with it. Yeah, no, very We just don't know. Um, Either way, it was a dick move that happened while she was queen. But it was very sudden. Um, The... The (coughs) Jews didn't really start coming back to France until the 1700s. Yeah, so this this was something that had a profound effect on it. Yeah, this is the late, this is the last decade of the 1300s. Like, this last, the effects of this lasted a while. Anyway, has nothing to do with the rest of the story. But there you go. There you go. (laughs) So Charles is getting harder and harder to deal with. Some days he's like, fine, but some days he'd just, like, leave his room totally naked. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, at some point, thought he was made of glass and no one could touch him because he might break. That reminds me of, um, was it Elizabeth of Austria's relative that yeah, it was swallowed one of, the piano? It was somebody from Bavaria. Yeah, um, the th- it's, it's like a weird mental phenomenon. Like, it's, he's the first person in history to be noted to have it. Like, there's a word for it, thinking mm-hmm. you're made of glass. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the first person in history that's been documented, but it's like a thing. thing. Yeah. Like, he would, he would have, he called them ribs. He would have ribs sewed into his clothes, which were just like metal poles that made him stand up very straight. And he thought, like, would protect him from, like, bumping into things. Oh, my gosh. Because he thought he was made of glass. Uh, that's 
That's fun. It's healthy. (laughs) But, I mean, things mustn't have been that bad because in 1395, they ended up having another baby. And they named that daughter Michelle. Fun side note. um, Before Michelle was born, Charles had gone on pilgrimage to the shrine of St. Michael. Um, He was convinced that afterwards he felt a lot better. Michelle is named after St. Michael. The mm-hmm. or the Archangel Michael, yeah, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So then they had another baby in 1397 and they named him Louis, and another boy in 1398 named John. So they are making the situation work, yeah. Babies on babies on babies. He's bitch. got his wits about him long enough to make babies. He might not be like on this plane of existence when they're born, but he's making them, yeah. Oh, and remember, we're in the middle of the Hundred Years' War. <laughs> yeah. And Charles and Izzy are like, look, we've got too much going on here to worry about the English. Let's just make some kind of deal. Um, so they marry their daughter Isabella off to the King of England. Wait, <laughs> aren't aren't all, like, all their kids, like, super fucking young? Yeah. So, about that. Um, <laughs> Isabella was about Seven and Richard II was 29. But don't worry. There was an ironclad marriage contract that promised no hanky-panky for a long-ass time. And she wasn't sent to England. Which is probably like, what, 14? Yeah, the age of cons- <laughs> the quote-unquote age of consent then was 12. Okay, so five years. Um, <laughs> but she wasn't sent to England just like, bye, hope they treat you well. Like, there, she was, or her own household was going to be set up. Like, she had protection. There was going to be, like, all kinds of hell to pay if Richard broke the don't touch her until she's of age of consent rule in the con- marriage contract. And um, and we're actually going to do a Patreon episode about um, baby baby bride Isabella. Yes. Um, so tune into that um, at a later date, TBD. But while I imagine it was hard to send your little baby off to be raised by her husband, basically, I really do think Isabeau and Charles knew they were doing it for a greater good. Yeah, so obviously, spoiler alert, this did not end the Hundred Years' War. Yeah. Uh, But it did bring, like, this little nice couple of years of peace. A little pocket of peace, if you will. A pocket of peace. Yes. Not like a hot pocket. Isabeau's wedding was, like, a big fucking deal. It was in Pelly. And it was a party, and there were just, like, people came from all over the world or sent ambassadors. So this is one of those things that showed that Isabeau could bring diplomacy, you And know? she was smart. Mm-hmm. Um, because everyone knew Charles wasn't rely on, reliable enough to be thinking on his own. Yeah, he would basically didn't know if he was just going to run out of his room naked one day. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I think she, he, like, tried to start a fight. At the wedding. Yeah. Like over... Nothing. Over spilt milk. Yeah. But it was a successful party. Some really great diplomacy took place at the wedding. So I think later in history, though, people are like, can you believe this monster married her seven-year-old daughter off to a 29-year-old man? But But at the time, it was good politics. Yeah. And Richard, Richard wasn't quite as crazy as he would become. Yeah. He didn't, um, he does not go down in history as a good king. No. But he, for all, for all purposes in regards to Isabella, he was a good husband. 
<laughs> Question mark. <laughs> I just feel weird saying husband when I'm referring when to a seven-year-old. Seven but what? again, but again, we're not thinking with middle, you know, medieval minds. We're yes. thinking with modern-day minds. And there was a contract in place with yeah. no no hanky panky. Yeah. Um. Just because, like, I don't know where else this will fit in, <laughs> except for the Patreon episode we're going to do about it. Um. the The marriage was never consummated with Richard. Praise Jesus. Um, Richard was deposed and murdered by his cousin, the future Henry IV, which if you've studied Shakespeare, you already knew that. <laughs> For um, about a year, Henry IV wouldn't send Isabella back, despite her parents being like, bitch, send my daughter back. He wanted to marry Isabella off to his own son, the future Henry V of England, and Isabella was a hard-headed woman like her mother. Well... A hard-headed, hard-headed child like her mother, and she was like, "You killed my husband. There is no way I am marrying the son of a usurper. You can kiss my French royal ass. Absolutely not." And so finally, Henry was like, "Okay, I'll kiss your French royal ass and send you back home with your dowry." No, without um, her dowry. Without her dowry. Excuse yeah, me. They kept um, her dowry at the ripe old age of eleven. Widow at eleven. <laughs> kissed a boy at 11. I know, right? And she's already a widow. Well, she probably hadn't kissed a boy either. She's like, well, that one's dead. Time to move on to the next one. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Things were getting bad. Um, The king had developed a temper. There Um, are some reports that he had started, like, when he'd get frustrated, he'd take it out on Isabeau physically, which... Is not cool. <laughs> no. But then whenever he would come back and come to, um, he'd later be like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that to mm-hmm. you. I'm so sorry. So, Isabel was like, bitch, I'm moving out. <laughs> yeah. Do you blame her? No. Not this, at all. It's so, it's such bullshit. This was <sighs> such, an, this was another huge hit to her reputation. Because um, everyone's like, you're abandoning the king in your time in his time of need, which is fucking bullshit. Because he's like abusive, and she has her kids there, and she na- needs to raise them in a peaceful household where there's not naked men beating their wives, taking every shit time. in vases or whatever the <laughs> yeah. fuck he decided to be doing that day. And the thing is, we don't know. There's a really good chance that when Charles was lucid, he was like, I don't trust myself. You need to move out. Like, that kind of seems to fit with his character. Yeah. Because whenever he is not in one of his states of insanity, he's a nice guy. Yeah. And he does truly care about her. Mm-hmm. So, I don't... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. I think it could have been him being like, you should go. We don't know. Queen's Podcast Speculation. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes. But um, we do know that the public was like, what a fucking bitch for abandoning her husband when he's sick. Ugh. It's Fuck like, you guys. Yeah, right. I mean, they would still spend the night together from time to time. Pe- 
from time to time. And we know this because they had more kids down the road. They had more kids <laughs> after she moved out. In 1401, they had a daughter named Catherine. Um, A.K.A. Catherine of Valois. Uh, Which, um, you know, if you're a Tudor nerd, that name probably rings a bell for you. Yeah. And then in 1403, they had their final child, a boy named Charles. Of course it was. (laughs) If you're actually able to keep up with all her children, you may be wondering why she has two living sons named Charles. Okay. So we're going to break your little hearts right now. Sad story. Charles, the Dauphin Charles, passed away at age eight. From what's called a wasting sickness, Ugh. which just means he just that he just wasted away. That's like weird. that. Like I didn't go into too much of a rabbit hole about this because what I did read was hella depressing, and I didn't want to think about like losing something, like just watching somebody you love just waste away, and there's nothing you can do. Uh. Like yeah, it's just like you're muscles quit like just start dissipating and you just slowly die to watch your child like i would rather like watch your child have the plague because at least that takes you in a day or i couldn't find like how long he suffered but it just doesn't sound like it's ever anything quick so that yeah especially for an eight-year-old that must have been horrible it just breaks my heart to even think about that she must have been horribly depressed about that anyway (laughs) (laughs) isabeau is i don't know how to segue out of that (laughs) yeah dude Doodah, doodah. <laughs> uh, Isabeau is becoming more powerful the less lucid her husband becomes. Yes. And she has the responsibility of acting as a mediator between the two fractions of the of the court, which is uh, Louis, Duke of Orleans. Or and Col- they were called the Armagnacs? Yes. And those that sided with the Duke of Burgundy. Burgundians. Burgundians. Yes, sure. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then Philip the Bold, Duke of Burgundy, dies, and his son, John the Fearless, became Duke of Burgundy. And John and Louis, so they're first cousins, they're both powerful dukes, and they basically start having, like, a dick-measuring contest that leads to fucking civil war. And this is bad for Izzy. Because she's been tasked with keeping the peace, and, like, when two men want to measure dicks... And, like, they're both rich and powerful. It's hard to tell them to put their dick in their pants and make them keep it there. You know? <laughs> it's hard to do that without just two powerful <laughs> men. You know, just two regular drunk homeless guys, it's hard to tell them to do that. Moving forward, <laughs> no matter what Izzy does, it's wrong. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. wrong. She could turn water into wine, and they'd be like... Well, we wanted Merlot, and this is Cabernet, so... <laughs> like, uh, she doesn't... So, her relationship with John the Fearless, she doesn't know this guy. She yeah. knew his dad, but she doesn't know this guy. So she doesn't really feel like she owes him anything? And she doesn't feel like she trusts him? Yeah. So she, you know, leans on Louis more and more. So obviously these old rumors start popping up that she's sleeping with her brother-in-law and some go as far as to say that her kids aren't even fathered by Charles but Louis. Assholes. Yeah. So we could go into a 30 minutes alone on the Armagnac uh, Burgundian Wars to show you what fragile dick energy we're dealing with here but Oh, I don't want to. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna give you the cliff notes. Yeah. What you do need to know is um, Izzy and Louie kind of just 
kick John of Burgundy off, like, the council. So what this means is Burgundy's now going to lose some of the income that they were used to from the Treasury of France. And around the same time, Izzy and Louis raised taxes, which, for obvious reasons, people are pissed off about. So the Duke of Burgundy is like, wait, so you're going to take away my money, but then you're going to impose higher taxes on the people. Now, I only got a C in Accounting 101, but... um. That seems off. It seems like they're going to have a giant surplus. Yeah. <laughs> so John is like, I'm going to capitalize on the people being pissed off at them right now. Mm-hmm. Again, it's one of those things where no one is blaming the king, but they like to yeah. blame everybody that's we close see this, to the king. We see this all the time. You don't blame the actual person, like the king or the monarch. You just blame Oh, I wasn't revolting against the king. I'm revolting against his advisors. I'm revolting against St. George. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not revolting against the king. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, the king doesn't really know what's going on. So even if they were revolting against him, he'd be like, Don't care. I'm made of glass. I've got bigger (laughs) shit to deal with. So there's an incident where they removed the Dauphin. It's called the removal of the Dauphin. (laughs) And it's exactly what it sounds like. So John the Fearless does a dumbass thing and raises an army and marches on Isabeau's palace, where I guess her brother-in-law lived? Louis was there also? Or they just knew he was, like, gonna be there? The optics... Yeah. The optics aren't great in the, hey, they weren't fucking um, storyline. But anyway. So both Izzy and Louie think, okay, if they catch us, they're going to fucking kill us. So they hightail it out in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And Izzy's children were going to follow the following day with bodyguards because it was obviously too dangerous for all these children to be traveling at night because if they all die, then... Because her kids at this time that are in her care are ages 12 to 2. Yeah. Like... And she's got a bunch of I don't know. Have you ever even just tried to drive an hour with a two-year-old in the car? Yeah. Yeah, we're not trying to do that in the middle of the night on horses. That's why you get your bodyguards to do it. Yes. And I will always love you. So, Izzy and Louie make it to their fortress, their fortress of solitude. The kids and the bodyguards are actually caught on their way there by John the Fearless. Which really sucks. And John takes custody of Louis the Dauphin. And this was a bad move. Because as it turns out, Charles <coughs> is having one of his periods of lucidity. And words, word gets back to him that like, hey, your cousin has kidnapped your son. And he's like... Oh, I beg your pardon? I beg your pardon? Because I imagine him being very polite whenever he's not completely nuts. Um, And Charles sends an army to intercept John and bring his son back to him. Oh, but no, 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 no. John's not finished yet. He goes back to Paris to start a revolt. He's like, the evil queen and duke are raising your taxes. Rise up and fight for what's right. And they're all like, yeah... None of us want you here, dude. Like, they just kind of, like, look around and they're like, who invited Burgundy? Please leave. New phone. Who did? Somebody block his number. Let's get him out of here. So, John gets really lucky that Charles ends up showing him mercy and didn't have him imprisoned or, like, you know, killed. Because... 
pretty fucking treasony to steal your son and then try to start a revolt like the next day yeah was he crazy again and made that decision charles i feel like has a tender heart yeah sometimes um especially after he starts having his bouts of insanity he's just he's just um, yeah Mm, poor guy. Yeah. In 1407, the shit ends up really hitting the fan. The shit hasn't hit the fan already? Nope, not oh, yet. Damn. So, Isabeau is giving birth to her son, Philip, and Louis is at her palace. <laughs> Again. <laughs> optics, optics aren't great. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they looks like y'all are fucking guys. Yep. Uh, maybe they were fucking. We really don't know. Anyway. Um, after the baby, Philip. And Her he, last. Yes. Her last, Philip. After he was born, Louis was leaving a messenger, and, and a messenger was, excuse me, Louis was leaving, and a messenger comes up to him and is like, hey, uh, the king needs you urgently. Come to the palace right now. Long story short. It was not a message from the king. It was someone that worked with, like, the Burgundian faction. And basically, he led Louis to a dark alley where he um, was attacked by a group of 15 masked men, had his hands cut off, and was stabbed 15 times. (laughs) Shocker, shocker, shocker. He did not survive. Oh, my gosh. I would have thought he would have. And John the Fearless is basically out there bragging the next day. Like, yeah, I did that. I ordered the murder. He ain't scurred. This guy is not scurred at all, but you should be a little scurred. <laughs> <laughs> Charles wasn't well at this time when this went down. I think he was like a law professor from the local university. Comes, like, rushes to the palace and starts talking to anyone who will listen about, look, Louis Duke of Orleans. He was using black magic to make you crazy. Mm. He is seducing your wife. He tried to kill you at that party when y'all accidentally burned all those other dudes. If nothing else, the Duke of Burgundy did you a favor by cutting off his hands and killing him brutally in the street. And Charles went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on it. But he did end up giving John the Fearless a pardon. Which is fucking bullshit. It's fucking bananas, dude. Like, what the hell? I know. And didn't he give him, like, a seat at the council, too? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we'll get to it later, but he, John the Fearless ends up, like, getting regency powers and stuff like it's that. It's like, what the fuck? You're Ugh. like, oh. So we don't know Izzy's position on her husband's decision. I probably think it wasn't great. I imagine she couldn't, like, throw shade out in the open. But I bet she threw shade in private. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Y'all, this civil war among the Armagnacs and the Burgundians goes on for nearly another 30 fucking years. And it's a sloppy fucking mess. But like we said, everything Izzy does is wrong. She becomes the scapegoat for Earthing. So if she tries to go along and get along with the Burgundians and the people of Paris call her weak-willed and easily swayed if she tries to do that. And then if she tries to go back to the Armagnacs, she's accused of conspiring with them against the king. So it's just like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. For years, this petty shit goes on and on. She even ends up marrying off three of her kids to the different factions to try to make peace 
Isabella, who had previously been married to the King of England, was married to her first cousin, Charles, the Duke of Orleans. Hey, two first cousins that both carry this gene of madness getting married. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and then she marries her daughter, Marie, and son, Louis, to John the Fearless's kids in hopes that this will make everyone just calm the fuck down because we're all a family now, okay? But the thing is, they were all already family. <laughs> and nothing was going to make any of them calm the fuck down. Except for my creating real awkward marriages. <laughs> right? Like, oh, my dad killed your dad. No, oh, this is kind of yeah. weird. Or whatever, yeah. Uh, sadly, sadly, <laughs> Isabella, Dowager Queen of England, who was now the Duchess of Orleans, died giving birth to her daughter Joan at the age of 19 in 1409. So there are records that existed that said during her pregnancy she went to spend some time with her mother at the royal residency. So that shows that Izzy stayed really close to her children. Mm -hmm. You know, and so she must have just been absolutely heartbroken. I can imagine. Whenever, you know, it was her oldest child. Yeah. They were really close, mm-hmm. and they had been her entire life, and so... To suddenly lose your daughter in childbirth. I mean, she it's something where they knew that childbirth was a risky thing, but at the same point, Isabeau think... had been fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it made it any easier. I don't think, yeah. So, the French continue to fight for a generation. Yeah, because we're in the middle of the Hundred Years' War. <laughs> so, England is basically just looking over at France like, yeah. Y'all go ahead and kill each other. We're just going to sit here and wait for y'all to be weak. And then, I don't know, let's see what happens. And I think this is a good spot for us to leave her for now. When we come back in a couple of weeks, we will dive back into a country at two wars. (laughs) Which sounds awful. Super cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.